This is the 3D Pod, your number one source for 3D printing news, analysis, and insight from 3dprint.com. Now, here are your hosts, Joris Peels and Maxwell Bogue. Hello, everyone. My name is Joris Peels, and this is another episode of the 3D Pod. And I'm here, as always, with Maxwell Bogue. Hey, Joris. How are you doing today? I'm great, Max. I'm great. How are you? I'm good, thank you. And who do we have on the pod today? Well, today we have uh, Michiel de Bruyker, and uh, Michiel is, uh, well, actually, he's worked in 3D printing for quite a while, and he worked for uh, Admatech, uh, and, uh, which is a ceramics, or slurry SLA uh, ceramics uh, 3D printing company, Formatech, which is like a, um, a uh, well, ceramics uh, service, uh, so a 3D printing service for ceramics, and also Bond 3D, which is like a, a high-end uh, peak or uh, PAK kind of polymer uh, 3D printing company making very high-end uh, machines uh, for, for making products uh, like that. And now he's actually something called Poly Products. And uh, the reason I really, really uh, want to speak to uh, Michiel now is the reason that, well, we haven't really talked to a lot of users yet. We talked to a lot of OEMs and materials people. Uh, but Michiel actually, like, well, they're actually developing an application that's large-scale uh, polymer 3D printing uh you know think about outdoor things think about large molds think about form work uh just large scale outdoor uh, printing for 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 large scale objects uh and and so that's a really interesting area we really haven't touched upon and poly products is doing some uh, interesting work on on that area so yeah welcome to the 3d pod michiel thank you for uh, for introducing thanks max thank you joris it's an um, it's a pleasure to be here for um for the first time, and um, I'm um, I'm I'm excited to uh, to go over um, all the topics that you've discussed, uh, George. And um, yeah. we can stay a little longer on some topics and and, and skip off the other ones. But um, I'm excited <laughs> to see this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so first, so for, yeah, first off, like, what does Poly Products do? Because I, I think I think we you guys are actually like your service yeah, for well, we, for large scale polymer three uh, D printed objects, right? That, that that is correct. The 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 basics of Poly Products finds its roots in 1969, and uh, they are manufacturing traditional composite products um, ever since. And uh, those were not 3D printed. It's uh, the hand layup, the spray lay, uh, the spray uh, method of uh, putting hearts and glass fibers together in a mold, and start to release the products from the mold, and uh, and manufacture products with that. Um, uh, the 3D printing activity started two years ago. And um, the company invested in a uh, CFAM Prime, uh, which is manufactured by Seed in, uh, in the Netherlands, uh, a company from Delft. I think uh, those are the guys who actually founded LeapFrog in the earlier days as well. And they moved on and they start to uh, focus on FGF, fused granulate fabrication, with, an, uh, with significant size printers. No, I wasn't a huge LeapFrog fan, actually. To, to, I think we're putting that lightly. Um, uh, but, but okay, but the C thing is, is, is that's a, a different animal. That's how, uh, if I'm critical about LeapFrog, I think I'll address it directly. Wait, wait, <laughs> sorry. Clar- clarification, please. Because yeah. in my world, like LeapFrog is a... Uh... It's a toy yeah. company. <laughs> oh no no! It's a, it's a, it was a it was a FDM printer in the begin days of the FDM. Thank you. Thing. And then, <laughs> but but I don't. I think we'll talk about them if we get one of those guys on. Okay, so first off, 
uh, it's FGF, a large-scale FGF printer. So that's fused granulate fabrication. So, okay, first off, it's kind of obvious maybe to a lot of people, why do we want, if we're making these large-scale objects, to print granulate? Is it just cost, or are there more things that, that are interesting then? Yeah, it is, it is, it's easy to to um, get material to the nozzle in higher volumes uh, where you have uh, process speeds and uh, kgs per hour, which are mm-hmm. not really similar um, uh, tasks in the industry where you start to measure uh, those kind of, uh, of units to uh, the effectiveness of the, of, the, of the 3D printing system. But basically here, here you do so. And imagine an injection molding machine and then put vertically. And the vertical kind of injection molding machine is on your gantry system or sometimes uh, installed on a robot system as well. And uh, and that just starts to push material. There are heating zones. There is a screw and the screw starts to densify the material. It becomes liquid. And at the end of the day, below your nozzle, it, it pretty much looks like a... A, a, a FDM type of machine, but the whole process to get to those volumes is done differently. Materials are cheaper as well because basically you can start to use off-the-shelf materials that are used for injection molding as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, so that's a big okay. difference because, like, you're talking like you know, depending on the material, it's like it's three dollars a kilo or six dollars a kilo instead of twenty or thirty, right? So that's a a big difference if you're making something that's like a you know a meter by a meter. I mean, how big are the objects that you you can print? We um, the, the the printing uh, bed size is four meter by two meter by one point five meter, and the one point five meters the Z height, so uh-huh. um, it's 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 pretty significant, yes. Yeah, and so you know, how do you like find customers? Do they find you? Is it or is it just based on the, what this company was doing before? They have kind of this customer base that used to make composites and now is doing that with AM, or it's 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 um it's it's a bit of both worlds to be honest, and um. Uh, I would I would not recommend somebody buying a C from Prime, put that in an in, in some kind of workshop, and and then think that the whole world, the world comes to you. The mo- <laughs> most of the it, it's just not happening in that way. Uh, mm-hmm. Most of the customers uh, are 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 relations and and customers of body products already coming from the tradition traditional side of of manufacturing, and um, significantly enough, most of the products that we made out of this 3D printer are even bigger than the platform that I just described. So the box size is even we are mm-hmm. printing bigger things and we're connecting them with everything that it allows us to connect stuff like this together and makes mm-hmm. bigger stuff. It's it, it just happens, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. And, and and so to give you an idea, like is most of your business, it's not like a, a kind of a service, right? It's not like I, somebody gives you an SDL and then you print it. It's much more involved in that from an engineering perspective usually, right? Or It, it, it is, it is. Um, it, it, it can be as easy as you just sketched, but uh, we, had a, we had a lot of, 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 of different applications where uh, replacements of parts that were not available anymore were, were scanned and we were actually uh, printing them and, uh, and, and delivering them relatively quick to the customer. So we have like a three to four week throughput period of time and, and things, are, things are out to the customer again. Uh, but there are definitely more significant uh, 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 routes going on where, where you are involved uh, quite, quite, quite heavenly in, in engineering with your customer. Um, mm-hmm. For whatever reason, I, I see a lot of housing requests, small mm-hmm. kind of cabin uh, uh, systems to put your filter equipment in, mm-hmm. small kind of housing for, 
or like 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 um, uh, office closure things where you have creative shapes. It is it is um, definitely finding some some ground in that in that regard. Mm-hmm. But you're you're specializing in doing one-offs essentially. Like you're not someone's not coming to you to ask. Yeah, for there, there, there wasn't there wasn't there was a specific question where um, a temporarily <laughs> or semi-permanent uh, installation of pump tracks. And pump tracks are are those little little I don't know, how do you say rides where you go over with your bike. Typically, they're from concrete and they're they're in place there forever. Oh, yeah. But there, there is like in there is like a a temporary uh, market for those things. Back to festivals or if you go to the ski resort on on summer days, then these parking lots need to have a new purpose, and they would like to put a semi permanent uh, uh, pump track uh, on that uh, on that parking lot. And I don't know. We we ended up printing at least 50 to 60 elements and it still it still works you know it's it is if you have a very good design with a very good g-code then then things can really be geared up and and you can start to pump higher amount of volumes through the through the screw and um i think we put like 180 kilos in 24 hours on the platform and uh, starting to divide that and, and use your utilization, your hourly rate, you come to a business case. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and and how and how do these people find you? I mean, they're making pump tracks or something. They in the pump track business, so they they, they found you before, or was a coincidence, or what? This is an European uh, uh, marketing commercial because this was done out of, as a result of an uh, European project. <laughs> so we got a subsidization <laughs> program project, and I think that's what they're trying to achieve, and 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 we did it. <laughs> so we know each other as as a partner in a uh, subsidized program. And when you say Europe, I I think recycling, right? Because because <laughs> that's typically the European Union stuff. They want everything recycled and stuff. So you've already doing there stuff. Was, like that. There was a, there was an element of recycling in the program. Yeah, as well. yeah, I, don't, I, <laughs> yeah I, I wasn't worked at leader for that one, but it's it yeah. it, 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 it it happens. Yeah, definitely. Recycling itself is is you mm-hmm. see people heavily focusing on that. But it's it's difficult. If I ask, if I start to ask critical questions to the material supplier of these mm-hmm. uh, of these materials, then stuff gets weak quickly. It's it's mm-hmm. recycled. Okay, well, tell me about the recycling. Yeah. It's just it's just post-industrial recycling with a source in the south of Holland, and we don't really get any further than that. Yeah, I had once. I had the perfect source. It was like in, in, in the Netherlands, we have these things called klikos, which was like used to be the plastic, uh, the garbage cans, right? Uh-huh. And these gray ones. And I found like uh, uh, tons and tons of this gray material from the trash. And we knew exactly where it came from. We knew who extruded it. We knew who uh, who formulated it and stuff. And 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 so that was a question of me being able to find a single source. That was literally we could get. Well, we couldn't get the formulation, but we could get it very tightly. We knew where the resin came from and everything. Sure. So, so you can do it, but uh, yeah, it was it was just a coincidence that it made me be able to do it that one time. You know. Yeah, I, I heard a yeah. similar story, and uh, and and, and um, people who who kind of made a deal with um, uh, the eyewear um, yeah. uh, industry and the glasses that are locked into your. Uh, uh, into your glasses prior to your glasses, where they are featured with in the in the shop, those yeah. are pretty clean, you know. And that that's yeah. a that's a good waste that's a good waste stream as well. And uh, and people are trying to get that waste stream in order to make, I don't know, yeah. kind of three D printed uh, lamps and stuff. From it. You yeah. need to identify that. It's it's a very time consuming uh, 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 exercise to get that to get that completely circled, so to say. It's difficult. 
Yeah, but I, I do think that if, if you guys are doing, like, I would assume as well that you do a bunch of like outdoor advertising type of stuff and stuff for festivals and things like that, or yeah, happens. Um, I think there was in the uh, the cultural sector and, and and those who are creative are really pushing boundaries. If you if you know the the, the correct persons, uh, there was an um, an, an art festival uh, with with permanent uh, sculptures uh, on the coast of Belgium, and uh, it's called Beaufort. And um, that that organization, uh, government driven, approached us because they had an artist from from London, and she she clayed models, um, basically sculptures which were like forty to fifty centimeter high, and uh, and we scanned those and mm-hmm. started to blow them up into the CAD software, and uh, and we three D printed uh, those and 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 start to um, uh, we started to to. Uh, put external concrete layers on that as well, and so now you actually see a concrete solid uh, sculpture of six meters high, uh, which is FGF material below. And um, mm. that is that is that is you don't see them that often those kind of projects, but it it, it, it worked for us, and we we kind of pulled that off and learned a lot of a lot of extras around uh, the use of those uh, of the materials. Oh. But I think it's like for these kind of things, you're doing it for it's an arty thing. You're doing it for a festival. There, I think that the, this kind of recycling stuff would be extra valuable, right? This kind of like that yeah, kind of stuff it, would actually make sense. It, it 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 does, and 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 people ask about it and 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 listen to the story. But then and then at the moment we start to 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 do the the final surface layers, and they become very critical on how things are appearing and how things are in sunlight. And, and, and we start to add different materials and then that weeks out a little bit <laughs> because yeah the sustainability and the circularity is, is is more difficult if you if you add more layers on top of it in which you'll need to kind of split again so you see it's it is it is it has a value in the beginning but at the moment things need to start to look pretty people are loosening up a little bit uh-uh. and what materials do you use usually then we uh, we we learned a lot from a uh, a PEG material with thirty percent glass fill. Yeah, and then we, the glass we, fill is like makes it more stable or makes it uh, yeah. It, it, it's it is basically to prevent the warpage on the platform. That is the the the, the biggest reason to add the, the glass filling in there. You get some better layer to layer bonding as well, but uh, without it, it's hardly impossible to print. Do you, is, it, is it a critical thing for you to expand this this material library? Do you want more materials, or do you want more optimized materials? Or yeah, we are we're pretty impressed by uh, by a company called AirTech, um, <clears throat> and they are developing um, uh, materials for uh, traditional composite manufacturing as well, support materials, which like like the vacuums, the vacuum um, bags that go over um, your your product prior to uh, harsh infusion. And and that resin company, infusion, yeah, yeah, yeah. That the resin, sorry, resin infusion, and that company had an had an had an idea. We we are pretty good in extrusion. We're pretty good in making those foils. We we, we might be good at making clean materials for FGF as well. And then we start to use that for for printing molds, and uh, and that is in uh, that is in, in, in a very interesting thought. And they have like an, a number of materials out right now, up to four ranging from in different prices ranging in different temperature categories and um i like their story and i like what they're doing and we're mm-hmm. testing those materials at this moment as well since mm-hmm. there is a big a big um uh, positive upside if we start to uh, print our own molds for uh, for polyproducts traditional manufacturing 
Yeah. And then moles, what would the moles be for them? What are the, the, the target markets you'd be interested in? Yeah, we see so many shapes coming by for, for, for moles. Um, the, the, the significant thing is you need to be able to, um, to, um, to smoothen the surface, most likely by a milling operation. And um, it, it, can go, it can go anywhere. But one of the things I would like to, I would dream of is making my own molds for um, uh, jacuzzis on super yachts. I mean that's a one-off, uh, and because uh, you we, want to install them, or no, we, we, we make we make a lot of those. But but the molds is, is just a very uh, expensive yeah. uh, expensive uh, part, and you only make one. I mean nobody wants to dock their yacht and see that the, the guy next door has the same has the same jacuzzi as you have. So yeah. that is that is absolutely not. Possible. That's a problem. That's a problem. That's a, problem. That's a real problem. I know. <laughs> that, is, right? that is a real problem. So. And now those are made traditionally, and they're just they're just yeah. expensive, and and it's it's difficult yeah. to make them for all kind of reasons. And it, yeah. it would be good. It would be good. But wait, you literally make jacuzzis for super yachts. <laughs> yeah, we do not three D print them, but but yeah. we, we but we, yeah, but you do make we, them. We make uh, quite a few. Yeah. Okay, okay. Because then, if 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 that's your business, then there's a lot of other things that that would also make sense. And there's kind of like these these one off custom type of businesses, right? Yeah, because next to the super yacht, there's always a working deck on this super yacht. Right. And next to the jet skis, there is nowadays a small submarine. And uh-huh. that small submarine is made is produced in the Netherlands, in the Netherlands as well. And mm-hmm. those guys have crazy, crazy shapes as well. And we uh-huh. we we make the the, the 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 tanks to go to the ascent and descent underneath the water. And uh-huh. um, it's uh, it, it it are it are stunning shapes. Uh, those mm-hmm. molds is- are are quite something. Uh-huh. Is, yeah, the super, yeah. is the super yacht industry one of your largest yep. customers? Or it, it is no, it is significant size in the Netherlands. Uh, that's yeah. for sure. Okay, and um, yeah. and I think there are a few good yachts uh, out here who are who are making world class quality. And um, left and right, we get requests. Um, it's it's not it's not the biggest customer because it varies a lot. But uh, it is it is a, it is a quite quite a significant size where you, you use a lot of crazy shapes which come close to 3D printing and bed size is one so um, uh, it is ideal for 3D printing as well and those yeah. those people are looking at this stuff I mean they're looking at that they are not the most innovative um, in in how to shape things but we get requests for for. Um, for window uh, ceilings, we get requests for for small elements. It, it starts. It really starts at that regard as well. Yeah, yeah. The Netherlands is really weird. This is like really strange. It's like some traditional thing because we used to build a lot of boats. Our entire fortune as a country is based upon it. <laughs> but um, but since then, like a lot of the the, the higher end, especially sailing ship yacht builders, are in the Netherlands. There's also a cluster in Germany and and the smaller boats. They also make them in Italy and stuff. But like you have Fed Ship and Amos and uh, Dame called, uh, thing. yeah, those are the, the big Damen, ones. right? Uh, Hawkford, yeah. uh, Ocean Co, um, and uh, Royal Huisman. Yeah, right. There, there, there's like some of the biggest super yacht builders in the Netherlands are all clustered in this super tiny little country, <laughs> and we have this cluster making a lot of stuff one off. So it it often interfaces with the 3D printing industry, and it would be a match made in heaven, I think. But they're it, always kind it, of it, like it they is. do a lot of stuff by hand, so it's different. You know? it, it it is. I mean, the think about if if you go to the front of your yacht, things get really narrow all the way in the bottom over there. They would like to use all that space, and you need a lot of man hours to get some kind of interior 
done in that in that in that particular area they have it mm -hmm. all digitally designed and they they start to ask questions i mean i i do not have the craftsmanship over here i do not have the people available can we think about a digital solution which kind of prefab immediately goes in there and 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 saves me i don't know uh 250 hours of craftsmanship to get something in there i mean those, right. those are questions that we're getting at this moment and are are pretty interesting thoughts Uh, uh, and also, like everything on these things is custom, pretty much. Yes. Uh, so people want like things like I've got crazy requests out of this industry, like like stuff that like, you can't talk about it, right? So, like for example, it'd be somebody like having a certain amount of door holders or or taps, right? And they're are they unique, and they're never going to be made again. They only need like 30 of them, and it's going to be some crazy shape, and it's going to be like the worst material ever. It's going to be what? Why? Why? Why would it need to be that? And then and then they only need to have this, and then. Yeah, so it's a crazy industry. It's a beautiful industry to work with, and uh, but then also really difficult because their quality standards and, and and everything, like the craftsmanship they're used to, is like super mega high. So it's really difficult working with them as well. Yeah, and and it is it's not. I mean, we are a little bit spoiled with the high tech industry in the Netherlands as well, probably, and it's it's probably not that organized in the in the supplier side of things yet. That people are starting to align and starting to to unite to get innovations going and stuff like that. There's Pretty much people are on their own doing all those things where they're pretty good at. And mm -hmm. um, um, there's there's pressure on timelines. There's pressure on, not so much on budget, but there's pressure on getting things done. And that's always one of a kind. And like the helicopter view of what we need in 10 years from now to continue to do that. I don't know. Do you see the jurors or, or am I, I just know. missing that myself? Uh, what do you mean? I don't know. I don't know. Are, are, but people are uniting to say, okay, which program does need to be in place in order to get uh, 3D printing on board a little bit more often or to get more parts available in that? And then what are the real requirements? There's not like a roadmap in place. That no, 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 no. Not. Yeah, yeah. not, it's not. <laughs> you see no, no, that no. in the high-tech industry in the Netherlands, you see that a bit better. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. But there are still lobbyists and people trying to get it in place, but it's still... Yeah. Yeah, there's no central direction here compared to the photonics and other industries that are much more kind of in lockstep with each other. Exactly. Exactly. I you don't you don't really see it around that corner. Another another interesting field of application where we could pick each other's brain on this is mm -hmm. um um concrete molds. Yeah. For, yeah. for, 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 for <laughs> complex shapes. Same yeah. story goes again over here. It is very difficult to make uh difficult shaped concrete molds. You need a lot of labor, you need a lot of Uh, good skilled craftsmanships which become more difficult to get them into the Netherlands at yeah. least and um, uh, we 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 are exploring that that actively as well and and we are we've done some first tests mm -hmm. uh, but then again you need to you need to fix your your rough layer structure as well to mm -hmm. kind of smoothen that out uh, prior to uh, to to do that Yeah, I I love this formwork idea. Like, uh, I'm uh, like for complex things like bridges and tunnels and complex formwork. I, I love the idea of just saying, in a lot of cases like there's guys on the construction work making molds by hand out of wood and rebar or something. That's just like silly, right? In other cases, they 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 come from very far or or it's very difficult to make these things. The idea of being able to print it and make it. I think Crossrail in the UK they had some parts that were made like this. Uh, some other projects have been using uh, 3D printed like molds for formwork and stuff. I'm mm -hmm. really enthusiastic about that. In the large scale polymer 3D printing, it's the 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 things I'm most enthusiastic for are formwork uh, for concrete, yeah. uh, large scale tooling molds, right, yes. for like aircraft and stuff. 
And the third yep. thing is boat hulls. And yeah. uh, so we will circle back to the boat hulls, I think, in a bit. Because, but like uh, about the formwork, I mean, is that like, are you working on that? Are you trying? You're, uh, you know, of course, you're trying to get that done, right? Because that's really exciting for you guys, right? It it, it is, and and we are um, partnering up with some of the bigger construction companies from the Netherlands, and uh, and and getting their first files, reevaluating stuff in order to see. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, we need their most complex work because they they are staying in in easier side of things because that's what they can do. So they need to free that up, and and we we are working on that, and we're using the same material uh, in the basics to get this done. And in what? order to get this to get this going a little bit, we organized an FGF course, and we had people coming in, and it 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 it, it just came to me that the University of Delft uh, studied the topic pretty hard already, and they had. Great logarithms um, programmed to 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 kind of uh, uh, determine the wall and the wall structure with all kind of honeycombs in there, which can withstand the pressure of the concrete being poured into that mold. It was mm-hmm. it was a fascinating paper by by somebody who uh, who was uh, who promoted on that. Very good work done. So things are falling together a little bit, but yeah, it's it's just it's still early days over here. Yeah. I, I get the molds. I'm curious though what your thoughts are on concrete printing. Oh god. <laughs> I, I, Don't we all know it. your thoughts. Yeah, I know, I know. Sorry, sorry, I won't say anything. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm 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 too unfamiliar with that. I mean I come from ceramics <laughs> and I make a huge <laughs> step going to uh, to this this significant size 3D printing. And I I know I see it and I, I listen in between the lines what your thinks about it. I'm I, I don't know. It, it, I, I'm, I'm too unexperienced in that field. Okay. Yours, what's your opinion? No, no, I love it. Love it. <laughs> no, I've, I've said the Max is right. I said this earlier on, and like, and I'm, I'm super anti at the moment. I just think it's, it's, it's hucksterism at its finest. Um, but I think your way of saying it is much more polite. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, uh, wait. Um, I, I, I'm of the belief that in the long term, I think there are some interesting applications. But yeah, exactly. I like agree. The, I still think it's yeah. very early days. But yeah, like on yeah. the long term, I'm really enthusiastic about cryogenics and time travel. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> on and an please. infinite time scale, I'm super enthusiastic about this. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, no. So, so the formwork I think is really interesting. But you, yeah, you need the right partners and you need the right people for that. I think. And then. Yeah. And and how about mold tooling? Because like we see, we know kind of we know that some companies are doing working with boeing and airbus and stuff and making these kind of like really large-scale tools um you know and 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 is that something that, that you're interested in as well or is that also very difficult in, in a country like the netherlands because it's a bit smaller and stuff no it, it is we would we would not easily do that quickly for for the industries that you're naming but there are a significant amount of industries below that which is which is basically fine as well um, we 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 do see an, a great a great field of application over there. However, you you require on site a five x milling machine to get to get any significant work done in that in that regard. It is mm-hmm. it is too difficult to get the first thing printed with all your deformations and your heat cooling down and whatever is going to take place, and then you need to convey that to a to a milling machine to get it done. And and the same people need to do that. You cannot really start to pick that up and ship it to another place and start to mill over there. Uh, and that comes with an investment. That is basically that basically it. And you you do not see a lot of companies that I know that are having locked that together and and own that complete route yet and that is and that's why 
it's 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 not taking off so quickly. People are probably having a, ro a robot system and a very good milling system, but the robot is not very accurate and is slow. And then a good milling system cannot really complete fixing. You need to kind of lock that together. I think AirTag did it, and they are having um, uh, bar number one in the gantry is printing, and the second bar is milling. And mm -hmm. uh, and I believe that is what they think is a good solution to go ahead of 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 uh, of, of making precise molds. Uh, mm -hmm. So high on the wish list uh, for poly products is buying an um, an a portal shaped uh, significant size 3D printer with at mm -hmm. least 1.5 meter ZX as well to get mm -hmm. uh, to get that dream going. Okay, 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 and then you, okay, okay, and then and then so like talk to me a little bit about this thing because okay, we're printing this really large part. And you've met you. You've noticed as well this heat sounds because like okay, so the the printer's a couple of meters by a couple of meters. We could make a big heated chamber, but that's a bit cost prohibitive, right? Yeah, uh, it is. It is. Uh, so so yeah. What, 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 so essentially, you've got a problem with the fact that 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 the there's temperature transitions, gradients of temperature all along this printer, right? Or yes, and then and then and then. Uh, making those molds and, and and going to the post the post machine, you would like to make sure that there is material where the cut model expect there is material. So mm -hmm. if it is a complex shape, then then you don't want to mill in the air because the whole thing starts to hang or sink mm -hmm. a little bit further than you expected. And mm -hmm. and the way I see the industry fixing that at this moment, that they print with a significant bead size. I mean, then they print with like twenty two to twenty five millimeters in order to make sure that if you Kind of in the middle position, your 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 ultimate cut model that you're trying to receive retrieve, uh, you always have material. So they just start to mill away a lot of material, at least eleven millimeters to get to nominal. Okay, wow. Okay, so that's also like that's also really time consuming as well. Then it is, right. and, and and products become heavy. I mean, it is. It just it just it just you're you're putting a lot of material there, and mm -hmm. your 3D printed shape is mm -hmm. is is near net shape but that's a very stretch of that term i would say yeah <laughs> kind of net shape is that, yeah, is that kind a of a block <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's really interesting that there are a bunch of these milling we were talking about this last time about these milling kind of these combo machines that kind of like to print a mill at the same time yeah uh, I talked, like, yeah i talked to some people who own that one and and it, 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 he he starts to say I, I need a separate milling machine as well because always yeah. at the moment that machine is milling i would like to have it printed and at the moment it's printing i would like to have it milled. it's no. not it's not <laughs> logistic wise if things are picking up it's just yeah. a pain to make the decision to clean the whole thing up it seems to be a neat solution for a short time yeah, I'll do a very particular user. There's several ones of these machines, by the way, before you send us all sorts of emails. But um, there, there, there's several versions of these machines uh, uh, for different scales and different uh, uh, technologies as well. Yes. Um, uh, but um, so, okay, so we're, we're, you know, you're being very, you're giving us a lot of candor, saying that there's a lot of stuff that's in reach, but there's stuff that's kind of out of reach. And then the one thing I think is super exciting, because I think a lot, a lot of people know this, if we're talking about sports boats or just like smaller craft, these are fiberglass, which is not the most sustainable thing on the planet. And uh, these are made from like a gigantic, often like a gigantic woodblock mold, right? And then they kind of make it by hand still in, in a lot of cases, right? Exactly, exactly. And, um, and, um, Especially in, in, in the Netherlands, in the COVID time, every, they say if it comes to those composite manufacturing, if it, there's glass inside or if there's water inside or outside, if it's a swimming pool or a boat, everything yeah. is super hot at this moment. 
people yeah, would yeah. like to have uh, uh, sit on a boat next to their house or sit in a swimming pool in their backyard. And you see mm-hmm. those 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 volumes really going up, and those companies are very busy, and they need molds and they need people, and it's made with with an and not in the most environmental friendly way in, in to, to manufacture that part. And once you have the materials, it's very difficult to to kind of to kind of reuse that material as well. So where I think uh, yours is going to is to say, hey, why don't we print the boats a bit more mm-hmm. often yep. and, and, and go? Well, I, the... I'd heard the University of Maine successfully. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 So. <laughs> but, the, but they're not really going for pleasure craft. They're going for like underwater drones and stuff. Oh, the yeah. one that they printed was a was a speedboat. I mean, it wasn't a great speedboat. Well, okay, okay. <laughs> but it was a proof of concept, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's technically feasible to print. Yeah. Out. I don't I'm, know if it's economically feasible yet, but <laughs> we I, we we did not print a boat yet. Um, the, yeah, okay. the, the the there's two things happening in in, in the boats. The boats are 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 that's a bit technical, probably, but the boats are are successfully print. Uh, also in size, once your print head is able to have a 45 deg- angle degree. Okay. Uh, so um, you need to do planar. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Because then you start to, in the yeah. length of the boat, you can continue to roll and roll and roll and roll and roll. Yeah. And then you just end up yeah. to, to the shape. Um, uh-huh. the, the gantry based system that we have is not able uh-huh. to do that. So a robot is basically sometimes able to do that. But then you need uh-huh. a robot on a track. Which are mm-hmm. not, not limited, a little bit limited as well. And the ones that you're mm-hmm. referring to, you see in a great gantry-based system, which is a factor larger than than we are stand, have standing at this moment, oh. and they're able yeah, to have this 45 degree uh, yeah. angle. But they do this by having like they have an extra motion stage on, or is that is that how they do it, or what? Or they just yeah, they're having an extra motion stage on the um, on the uh, on the extruder, ah, which okay, are basically okay. putting that yeah. in 45 degrees. I went Got back it. to see it and say, guys, you know, isn't that absolutely not possible? Because what I see happening is that my limitation is most of the time the 1.5 meter and mm-hmm. never the 4 meters. Okay, okay. So that yeah. it's 4 meters deep and the 1.5 is in the uh, Z and I'm always mm-hmm. locked by the 1.5 in the Z because things are printing and printing and printing and I need to stop and I uh, need my my boat together manually uh, again and then right. I don't know if it works Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, so that's interesting because okay, the, the robots for the people that don't know, uh, the robots, right? They also have a uh, well, they have they, they don't have a complete range of motion, and they sometimes have a problem where they print uh, kind of a, a kind of well, it looks like a welding line by the way up up, up the entire print, right? Uh, so so the, the 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 problem with these mounting your extruder on a robot is 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 well, partially the memory on these things is not great, so you can't just put it on any robot and expect it to work for like the full complex shape, and often you will have to actually. Uh, go back on uh, over the line that you made. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, so, so, so you would actually, yeah. There is some some limitations, especially if you want to do something in a spiralized kind of way. Uh, so, so for the desktop three D printer users out there, like spiralize your vase will always work, right? Yes. <laughs> you know, so you make one continuous line with the spiralized yeah. function, uh, and that's exactly on these large scale objects. That's the thing that gives you the best result. Also in layer adhesion, and also in in uh, just making the thing, for example, watertight as well. That also improves your success rate. But is there like a really large scale planar printer like that? Because I I I I don't remind I, don't, I can't think of one at the moment. No, me neither. Yeah. 
So that's something if you if you're looking for something to do this weekend. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know what? Just sketch it first. That will be done. That will be enough for today. Yeah. For the weekend. Just sketch it. No, it's it 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 it, it is. But it it yeah, it does have it does have um, um pros, but it definitely don't have cons as well to put that whole extruder yeah. system into your robot. A calibration yeah. is difficult as well. Uh, there, right. there, the, the, the Siemens controls uh, come with very expensive calibration units in order to get some result out of those uh, out of those systems. Uh, but in, in in total investment, they are a bit a bit cheaper, and uh, and that uh, that helps to enable them and and, and help to push this FGF um, industry a bit forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because I think I think the really the interesting thing is this track approach, right? Because there are tracks for robots, for example, and for yes. large scale extruders for these gantries systems. They're used all sorts of things in industry, welding, all this other stuff, painting robots and stuff, and so. But there's not a lot of people. You can't just go to it like ABB or somebody and say, "Hey guys, I want to expand my robot. I want to put it on a double the gantry system or something." That's not possible at the moment, right? No, it's it's not it's not that easy. They the seed will help you to do so. That that's definitely that's definitely no 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 issue. But um, um, it is it's not that common. Definitely not. Definitely not. We're talking about like six axis robot arms here, right? Yes, or five or six. Yeah, or five, okay. yeah, but five, yeah, five, yeah. just because oh, everybody uses the five like axis the industrial ones. arms. Yeah, basically. yeah, yeah. Okay. The, yeah, everybody the other... uses the five axis ones because you buy them for twenty k, and they're like an X. Everybody gets the X painting robots from the Ford factories in Belgium, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's uh, that's that's a good source there. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, seriously, seriously. I'm not kidding. I know, like, I know, like four or five people to have them. Yeah, uh, but but so that, that's what everybody works with. I think I think that's not an ideal solution, but it is if you want to print large scale. It's a very quick solution, I think, to get a, a hold with rather than buying a Yeskow or something like new. You know, exactly. You know what? Yeah. So one of the one of the topics that 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 I don't know if the listeners are interested, but but one of the topics yeah. that that are definitely one of the things is that generating your G code uh, for large scale additive manufacturing yeah. is a, is a pain. Uh, because we are mostly using uh, the, the normal slicing software, Simplified 3D, but it does not have freedom enough to get all the things that we would like to get out of there. And um, exactly controlling where your nozzle is going at which moment is is not possible, and that slows us down because for whatever reason, it starts to decide to go back over the, 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 the warmer zone, so to say, and we need to slow down a little bit to, to make sure it's the right temperature to have the correct, uh, the correct adhesion from the layer to the layer. We did experiment a little bit with um, the guys from London, from AI Build, yeah. and, um, and that is like the tool pass generation, so to say. We invested quite some time, but that resulted in a, I don't know, 30 to 40% quicker 3D printing time for, for, for the objects just to make, just to have the correct understanding of where the nozzle goes at which moment and have full control of that. Yeah, which is kind of funny because have you heard of full control? No. Okay, full control is like, it's made out of Lovebra, Lovebra right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's, it's, uh, it's like kind of, essentially it's like, it's like a G-code designer. So you can design at every single point uh, uh, your optimal G code, right? So you mm-hmm. don't actually. Uh, it's called full control G code, right? And it comes out of uh, I don't. Oh God, what's the guy's name again? It's uh, Anthony Andy Gledel or something. So you you define the entire uh, print path, right? And what can I then? It allows you to really say like, okay, at this very point, what is my extrusion rate, and what do I want to the nozzle to do at this one point? Wow. So uh, the the really cool thing about full control 
for usually is this is like okay i can use the sdl for my prototype right let's say i want a hundred of them right then i can program the the or can design my g code in full control in such a way that um I, I'm not actually doing the SDL, but I'm full. I'm optimizing the the entire toolpath for for printing ten of these on my build platform. You know, uh, so then you can you can optimize it for like every single curve or corner or position on the build platform. Uh, that's the, the the use case for most people, right? Uh, but what you guys could do is do these useful control to 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 optimize like uh, for your specific machine for the specific forces at play at that that time or even temperatures and stuff like that. Exactly, because what we end up doing right now is probably sometimes making sections, uh, uh-huh. and then and then generate G code, and then kind of manually put the G code mm-hmm. together in order to make sure that that we get control in the area where we would like to have it in an in a good way. But um, thank you, Joris. This is um, educational while we're recording the podcast. Yeah, so definitely, definitely. <laughs> I'll get you in touch with them. It's a really wonderful program. They're really enthusiastic, and uh, I think full control is really exciting for like you guys, but also people coming up with new applications and new. And I also love the AI build guys, right? I really love what they're doing as well. I think that's that's very exciting as well. It, it, it uh, is. I mean, we had we had a good a good work together, and um, it, it 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 did exactly what we asked them to do. It, it took a little bit to get to get it all out of what what what, what but but. That was fine. I mean, um, it, it is it is good what they're doing. Uh, uh, so I was just going to ask if you're using the standard slicers currently to to, to generate your cheat code. Is it a? I mean, I would assume given the size and everything, it's a noticeable amount of time to actually process the cheat code and slice it. It it, it is um, um, generating um, uh, sections of what we're going to build or or or. Uh, Preparation time is um, a little bit longer than I expected in the beginning. <laughs> I know Joppe is probably going to listen to this podcast as well, but it's a little bit longer than I than I expected. Uh, uh, also, if you have two lines of material interfacing with each other, it, it kind of it kind of starts to to connect, and then you you also see that like a, like a like a pressing through on the on the front side and. Stuff gets a little bit looking weird. I mean, there are all kind of phenomena going on which require time and experience to to learn and to 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 get it to get it over with. It's it's not always yeah. crucial, but yeah, every shaping technique in three D printing has its own pros and cons, and yeah, we 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 are discovering those as well. Yeah, and is it, is it possible at all to locally heat and locally dry a part or something right when you put the material down, or does it all make a difference or? Have not done that. Have not done that. The drying the material in general is very important. That helps a lot yeah. to get uh, to get to get things going. Locally heating, no, we did local heating. Once once the print fills at ninety percent, you would like to finish the next ten percent and kind of heat up the layer to make sure you can restart the process again. But forget about it. Not possible. Okay. Okay. Because it would be interesting to try to get like to reduce the variables there. Because that's you know that's going to be very difficult. I think. Um, and a lot of this is very difficult. Like, like you guys think you have problems with the guys with the robots sometimes have to work with KML or the language or the memory of the robot. So a lot of these uh, the forums are repeating because they can't put in more in the memory of the robot. So they just repeat <laughs> the shape over and over again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's looking at it like, wait a minute, this is the same, isn't it? This is a yeah, section. That, that, that is. And we, we do not have that issue. I mean, the, 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 oh. the build system of how the robot, how the, oh. the system is, is just a gantry system. And it's, it's pretty straightforward in that regard. 
Okay, okay. What's your dream robot? If you would like, if you could just like, you know, what would be for your, if you were looking at these things like the formwork and 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 and, and the boat hulls and stuff, what would be the type of system? What would you require from a system that could make all that possible? Um, I, I I continue to like the gantry based systems just of the nature of 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 having the strengths and then uh, adding flexibility in the way that we can control the nozzle in in uh, in a in a, in another in another way where you not only have the freedom to, to turn it 45 degrees but to kind of swing the nozzle a little bit more around as well i think that is that is really a cool a cool feature we were we were asked to to print um uh, roots of 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 trees and uh and, and and start to go left all of a sudden or start to go right all of a sudden it's it's not possible and it, it's i'm not complaining here but uh if you have a little bit more freedom on on on, on nozzle angles that will be that would be um that would be better yeah, you can move the print for certain things as well maybe it sounds like yeah. a stupid thing to do but i think it would be maybe cheaper <laughs> <laughs> yeah it would be cheaper yeah. <laughs> Um, one thing I, I talked about, we talk about a bunch of these applications really enthusiastic about. And one thing that Patrick Dice, who was formerly at uh, DSM, uh, uh, is like really convinced me of was a thing I thought was really stupid initially, and it's these polymer bridges, right? Mm-hmm. And in the Netherlands alone, we have hundreds of these smaller bridges for bicycles and for cars and foot uh, bridges and stuff that are going to. But they've been built in the 50s and 60s, and and and, and when we have this giant construction boom, and they're all going to fall apart in the next you know next years and i, I really love that market have you guys looked at that at all the the bridges and these small foot bridges and stuff like that yeah i think we, we talked to the same person or we read the yeah. same article because i, I think <laughs> he identified something like like 400 of them yeah. so there was a significant yeah. amount of small bridges that that get micro mobility in the netherlands going and yeah. and needed and needed uh, required replacements um we 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 have not printed a bridge yet um we printed some strong some strong structures in order to see how far we could go but we also figured to be honest that the four meters that we're having available at this moment is not enough to make a punch into this market um uh, we 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 kind of think that you you need to be good at at least 10 meters um and um that the most the most idle application for that is putting a robot on a track because it's relatively easy shapes that you need to print and the printing will be will be precise precise enough um that's the that's the reason we 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 had we did not actively approach that market yet um however if we uh, develop in the future and and have probably a track on a robot that would be that would be a nice market to go for um, also, a little bit uh, due to the fact that an, another company, which comes from traditional uh, composite manufacturing, uh, has a good track record in building small bridges and is looking into 3D printing as well. They might be better positioned. Okay. Okay. All right. Cool. And 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 so, where do you hope to be with Poly Products in a couple of years? Like, let's say five years. I the dot on the horizon for um, for um, the 3D printing activities is that we. Uh, we get uh, more revenue out of that specific section, and I would like to establish at least a name that in the Belgians of uh, in the countries of Belgium, Luxembourg, Netherlands, the Benelux, uh, large scale additive manufacturing uh, is done best at Polyproducts. That's that's what that's what I'm trying to build as a service bureau. You don't need to look any further. Um, we 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 do that, 
and uh, and that's the name I'm I'm trying to build. And we we put the first steps for together. All right. Okay. Hey, Michiel, thank you so much for your time today. Joris, thank you. Max, thank you. And um, I hope you both have a great uh, rest of the day. And yeah. um, we're all on the on the early days for form next. So uh, probably we're going to see each other next. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to be there. Yeah, definitely yeah. going to be there. Hey, Max thank, uh, Max, thank you for being here as well. Always happy to be here. Always stimulating. Thank you, Joris. <laughs> thank you, all everybody. Right. You have a good day there. And thank you for listening. My name is Joris Peels. This is another episode of the 3D Pod. You've been listening to the 3D Pod. For more information on what you just heard or to subscribe, visit www.3dprint.com or follow us at 3dprint underscore com.